1: Remember, Bronco's country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow co-host, partner in crime, and the deputy editor at milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we actually have a lot of different storylines that we could... uh, dip our big toe into, so to speak. But uh, first thing is first that I wanted to to get to tonight. I mean, because we got Chiefs, we've got George Payton rumors, we've got Russell Wilson stuff and his QB coach stuff. uh, But Sean Payton, Zach, this is very curious that, and auspicious, I would say, that he made a statement, uh, put it out there, that he is feeling the burn to return to the coaching realm. What does that mean to you? Or I should say, I guess, what does that mean for the Broncos?
2: Uh, It's, you know, the same thing applies to him as applies to any potential candidate when it comes to being the head coach of the Broncos. It's not about money. The Broncos don't have a problem there. It's really not even so much about the roster. It's convincing Peyton or Dan Quinn or Frank Reich or whoever that you have to come in here and you're going to be stuck with a mess. You're going to be stuck with and married to a quarterback that you had no hand in picking, but you cannot move on from. So if I'm Sean Payton, and if I'm, like he said, it's not about the money so much. It's about his opportunity doing what he wants. And supposedly he's looking at the Chargers job, potentially the Cardinals job. And if I'm Payton, I weigh coaching Russell Wilson going on age 35 versus coaching Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert, both of whom are much younger and offer much more explosion at the quarterback position at this stage of their careers. So, of course, like he said, it's no secret he wants to jump back in. But the Broncos are going to have to put together, if Peyton or Penner, whoever is doing the pitching, one hell of a presentation to convince Sean Peyton to spur the Chargers spur of the Cardinals spur whatever opportunity is out there in favor of Russell Wilson and this mess in Denver
1: when you have the resources to obliterate any offer that another team I mean as far as the contract is concerned the money therein, the terms of the deal that's a huge leg up that gives the Denver Broncos a, a genuine shot at Sean Payton the fact that he's putting the feelers out there now uh, just in time for the coaching cycle right Zach I mean he's right on cue to be included uh, in earnest in all the NFL coaching rumors that are going to be taking place between now and Black Monday and beyond. Um, I think that gives the Broncos a legit shot. Now, my misgivings, I echo what you say. Why would he want to come here outside of the dollar-dollar bill, right? You look at it, Russell Wilson – Uh, it really would come down to that. I think, Zach, Uh, what is Sean Payton's view on Russell Wilson? Is he redeemable? Is he washed? Uh, Has he been broken? Has this coaching staff and this setup around him, has it broken Russell Wilson to the point where he can't be repaired? And that's a bona fide concern.
2: Yeah. And I believe Payton recently went on Colin Coward show or some talking head show and really laid into Russell Wilson, laid into the Broncos' offense of how bad, incompetent, broken they appear to be. And you can look at that one of two ways, him making those comments. He either wants nothing to do with this broken offense, or maybe he thinks he can fix Russell Wilson. And you know what? He has experience with you know a shorter quarterback and Drew Brees. I think if there's anyone out there who could squeeze the blood from the rock that is Russell Wilson. Sean Payton could do it, but he's going to have multiple offers. There's also the matter of sending the saints compensation because they own Sean Payton's rights. So if they want a first round pick a second round pick a third round pick, the Broncos can't do it all. They can write him a blank check, but they have barriers to overcome. And he is my pie in the sky pipe dream, Sean Payton, but I'm being realistic as well. And that's why if you're a Broncos fan, Getting a jump on the head coaching search, maybe get familiar with someone like Dan Quinn and don't hold your breath on Sean Payton.
1: Oh, man, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Sam Bam jumping in early with a super chat. Thank you, Big Dog. Much love and respect. He says, hello, Chad and Zach. Colin Cowherd had a good segment today for why Frank Reich makes sense as the Broncos' next head coach. He had a winning record while dealing with a lot of dysfunctionality in Indy. If not Sean Payton, then get Reich. I don't hate the idea. I kind of put uh, the Reich candidacy for Denver, Zach, <clears throat> pardon me, on a similar plane as I put Doug Peterson circa this time last year. A retread has had some experience um, getting the best out of quarterbacks. Now, the indie thing, it's hard. Y- you wonder how much that tarnished his getting the most out of quarterbacks. <laughs> resume because before that as an offensive coordinator man he had success uh under Wisenhunt if I'm not mistaken with Phillip Rivers had some success a lot of success under Peterson in Philadelphia turning Carson Wentz into a bona fide MVP candidate and getting all the way to the top of the mountain uh with Nick Foles then he goes to Indy and he thinks he's walking into like the dream right you got Andrew Luck psych um, Luck retires, and then from there, Zach, it's been for it was anyway for Frank Reich that revolving door of quarterbacks, and you know there were some modest successes within the ups and downs. Obviously, Matt Ryan, no, one, I mean he was completely washed when when the Indy got him. But what do you say about Frank Reich as a candidate to potentially succeed Nathaniel Hackett?
2: You know, I wouldn't cry if he became Broncos head coach, he did a lot of good in Indy. And I feel like he's an underrated um, coach at the NFL level. Like you mentioned the revolving door of quarterbacks, also the toxic environment working for an owner like Jim Irsay. There's also instability at general manager with Chris Ballard, who supposedly is on the firing or the chopping block as well. So I give Frank Reich a ton of credit though. If I had my druthers in a perfect ideal world, he would be O.C., under someone like Dan Quinn. I tweeted this yesterday. I think my ideal, my idealistically realistic setup for the Broncos would be head coach Dan Quinn, Frank Reich as OC, and Aziro Evero as DC. I mean, that would be experience. It would be upgrade on who they have now. But if Frank Reich doesn't want to settle for an OC job, doesn't want to necessarily repair his value in 2023. If he's up for a head coaching job and the Broncos want to retread, where else could they go if they strike out on Sean Payton? Not a lot of experienced offensive retreads out there. If Frank
1: Reich were to be the guy, I wouldn't shed many tears. Listen to uh, this when it comes to – because it's been so long since the last – like head where where a head coach in the NFL was traded. I want to say it was when the Raiders traded Gruden to Tampa. But in a trade, just like with players, Zach, you can include draft picks as compensation, players as compensation. But listen
0: to this. This is according to uh, sportscasting.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Um, the league's anti tampering policy states that clubs are not permitted to exchange draft choices or cash for the release of individuals who are under contract uh, with another organization but it includes a provision that excludes head coaches and other high-level club employees from that prohibition so in other words Zach you want to get Sean Payton out of the clutches of the New Orleans Saints yeah they're going to want their pound of flesh and it's going to be Probably the starting point is a first-round pick. And then from there, which the Broncos have now, it's not the most attractive first-round pick relative to where some of the other teams who might show interest um, might be sitting currently in the first round. But a first-round pick and guys like uh, the Waltons and the Penners, they can say, oh, and by the way, Saints, um, you know, here's X millions of dollars also to sweeten the pot which gives them, again, going back to the bargaining table, an advantage over some of the other teams. I mean, we're talking about the 19th richest man in the world, all right, and easily, by a long ways, the richest man, the richest owner in the NFL.
2: Great, great, great point. I was going to make the same. What the Broncos can offer the Saints in a potential Sean Payton trade is not just draft capital, but stone-cold, hard cash. And if there's any franchise in the NFL that could use cash, it's the Saints. I like what Mickey Loomis does. He really finesses the salary cap, but his finessing is catching up to him. And they're perpetually in salary cap hell. So the Broncos can say, listen, here's a first and maybe even a third round pick. I'd be willing to go that high. If it came down to it, if Sean Payton was on board and uh, money's on a factor, if the Saints want a first and the third, I am doing it. The Broncos have two third round picks and they have a first round. They can also float some cash that other teams might not be able to afford. So, again, I'm not worried in any coup." or any pitch to any coach about money or capital. It comes down to convincing that coach why he should come and choose Russell Wilson, choose the Broncos over the competition.
1: Plum Bob, what's going on, big dog? Thanks for the super and for being patient. Of course, the Denver Broncos face the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. It's officially Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett's first swing at the plate of snapping what is now a 13-game winning streak that KC currently owns over Denver. Bob says, watch us win this game. It would be crazy. I wouldn't be completely stunned. I wouldn't be completely shocked, Zach, were that to happen uh, because this is – with the Broncos angling for a losing season, Zach, this is their Super Bowl. This is it. Beat the Chiefs. Snap the streak. Like, if it doesn't happen this game, then the next game. But this is obviously going to be their best shot – Beat the Chiefs,
2: yeah, but with what firepower, you know? The team is perpetually beat up, they're getting worse by the week. Cortland Sutton's not going to play, they're going to be down to like Jalen Virgil and Brandon Johnson, seeing significant playing time. They're going to lean on Albert O, even who's been inactive pretty much since week five. But oh, wait, Albert O has an illness. He popped up on the injury report and he's another player that's going through it right now on defense. DJ Jones popped up with a shoulder injury, so it might be their Super Bowl and the Broncos should be up for this game. But I am not giving them any benefit of the doubt. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs with the best quarterback in the NFL, a really pissed off Kansas City Chiefs team coming off that Bengals uh, victory over them last week. I don't know how the Broncos win this game, aside from Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones
1: all getting food poisoning the night before. <laughs> well, I know uh, Scott, uh, who couldn't make it tonight, he had a Christmas party to attend. All good. You know, you got to you gotta take care of those things in the during the holiday season. But uh, he, he obviously predicts a bloodbath, uh, the Broncos getting trounced by the Chiefs. We'll see. David Wilder, thank you for being with us tonight my friend and be impatient as well and for this very generous super chat he says good evening i think we can put together that package uh, but the question is will we hashtag mhh for life denver brown for life i do i think the penners uh heard his question or his remarks sean payton loud and clear we got we got a speaking of uh you know, being loud and clear, we got to make sure when we're talking Peyton and Peyton, where we're, people know which Peyton we're talking about. Right. So Sean Peyton, former New Orleans uh, Saints head coach, in case if you're just joining us now, put it out there this week. He's feeling the 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 pull to get back into coaching just in time, Zach, for the coaching cycle, the hiring cycle. Um, and the Broncos are going to have a, as good a shot, if not better, as as anyone out there to get him.
2: Yeah, they're going to put a package together for sure. I'd be shocked if Sean Payton's not on the top of their wishboard as well. And I think Greg Penner and uh, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Ann? or Carrie, just Carrie Penner. I don't know. Whatever. They've been in the box at every game. They have seen the disgruntlement in the fan base, the now apathy within Broncos country. They heard the fans counting down the play clock. They didn't spend collectively four and a half, close to $5 billion to field a laughingstock. So they're going to go all out. They have the resources. They do have the draft capital. They certainly have the money. It doesn't come down to anything except can they convince Sean Payton or anyone else that he should be the one to come to the Broncos and take over for Nathaniel Hackett. We
1: Thompson. have a uh, top rope wow. 200 club wow. super chat from Deanna Hendry, who is wow. leading you. once again in the month of December for the contest for a jersey. She's got one coming her way. She should be getting it any, any time now. Can't wait. Make sure you send us that selfie. You can just tweet it, DM it to us on Twitter, or you can email it to us, Deanna, uh, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. But thank you so much for your support, my friend. Hope you know up there where you're at in the great white north that it's very, very appreciated. Helps us keep the lights on. And uh, right back at you, my friend. Very just, hey, tip my cap. Thank you.
2: Uh, You leave me literally, I can only speak for myself, speechless. And uh, we need a name for Deanna, Chad. We were talking about the female demographic of the podcast. We have the queen, the duchess, the princess. How about Lady Die? For
1: Deanna. Is
2: that work? Ooh. I heard
1: someone mention that Ooh. in the comments. I think That's Deanna, if you're
2: down, that'll be your nickname going forward. That's Thank a you contender.
1: So Let us know, guys, in the chat. What do you think? Give us some ideas, okay? Deanna, much love and respect. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you. Um, grabbing Marcus Lewis henna from across the pond. Appreciate you, my friend. Jumping in on Facebook saying, hey, guys, respect as always to you and all Broncos fans. MHH always. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, and I still think Russ will come uh, become good with a new head coach. I am definitely, look, as alarmed as I've been, Zach, um, just like everybody at the depths of his regression this season. Like, it's not just been, whoa, he's not as good as we thought he was going to. Like, it's been shockingly bad, as, as bad as it's been. Considering, you know, you got to look at the full context of the situation. If this is how Russell Wilson was looking, Zach, if he had been traded to Minnesota uh, and he was getting coached by Kevin O'Connell or the L.A. Rams and he was getting coached by Sean McVay he was looking like this, I would be much closer to finger over the panic button on he's washed completely, irredeemable, stick a fork in him, he's done. But that's not where he got traded to. He got traded to Denver with a first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, who has proven through... Literally every every presser, every action, the results on game day. And it was right out of the gates when the season started, Zach. And there were there were harbingers, right? The oh crap thing when he first uh um I think what well, was it when Russ got introduced and just bizarre, weird stuff that at the time we're like, oh, it's just a goofball, but he helped Aaron Rodgers, you know, back to back MVP. This is gonna rule. Russ is in for it. Well, he was in for it, but just not in the way that we thought Nathaniel Hackett, Zach is the, uh, the, the, the playing field. uh, No, that's not a very good metaphor. He's the factor here. All right. And because I know how incompetent Nathaniel Hackett is, it gives me hope that this is a bigger, the bigger part of the milieu here is the coaching incompetency more so than the regression of, his talents or father time, etc. What say you?
2: There have been a lot more positive flashes. I've taken away from Russell Wilson's play than I have from Nathaniel Hackett's coaching. I, I can't think of one thing positive that Nathaniel Hackett does right as the Broncos head coach, especially after giving up play calling. I mean, he is literally just uh, a pointless figure on the sidelines. Russell though, He hasn't been nearly worth $250 million. Not my money, easy for me to say, but he's shown flashes. He's shown glimpses. This is working with a group of practice squad wide receivers, backup running backs, a non-existent O-line. Two injuries he's dealing with and also really horrible coaching. But yet you look at last week's game, uh, the run he had up the middle, that was like older Russell Wilson, meaning in the past he looked a little spryer. He's made some throws when he's had more than a second and a half in the pocket that looked like vintage Russell Wilson. I'm not overly encouraged by his play, but I am a lot more from what I've seen than I am Nathaniel Hackett. All we have to do, though, is hope because the Broncos are stuck with him. They're not stuck with Hackett. All we can do is hope that the right coach comes in, whoever that may be, whether it's Sean Payton, Frank Reich, or Brian Schottenheimer, I I say regretfully, no matter who it is, that next coach has to mine Russell Wilson as best as he can. Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
4: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSC.
1: Michael Ronkeo, it's good to see you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Dell Cake, hey, thank you for the super chat. I I don't know if you're intentionally trying to troll us. Uh, Zach, look at it. Six thirty. I'll just see. read it. He wants to know if we can call a spe- come up with a specific cool name for Joe, the duo of Josie Jula and Alex Singleton. Anybody got any ideas? Del Cake, thanks for the super chat. Put it in the comments if you got an idea for a nickname for that <laughs> duo. All right, Gary Palmer, what is going on? Another legendary figure in MHH. The lore surrounding this man—I mean, I'll tell you, this dude goes hard. Okay, Gary, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. He says. I just saw Scott's short where I referenced it earlier. He's saying, get ready for a bloodbath this weekend. And he says, I couldn't agree more. Love MHH and Broncos country. Yeah, I'm still kind of marinating, Zach, on how exactly I foresee this game shaking out because I'm going to predict a loss, okay? there's Until the Broncos give me reason to, I'm not predicting another win. Like in the MHH roundtable, I'm not doing that again until they give me a reason to you learned <laughs> uh, my lesson has been loint all right but it wouldn't shock me if they if you know this is the Super Bowl for the Broncos this year there's really nothing left to play for except a semblance of pride uh, and snapping the streak against KC but what say you
2: I got a couple nicknames for the the linebacker duo the oh, first ooh. one is the Jags Maybe that could work. <laughs> this the second one is the replacement. Great the movie. Denver jags and
1: the replacement.
2: <laughs> Might not be a great uh, uh nickname for them, but they're you know, they are what they are. They're kind of the same player, really good against the run, good locker room guys, but utterly replaceable in pass coverage. In terms of how Sunday's game is going to go, I mean, if the Broncos can't beat Anyone, I mean, literally from the Colts to the Ravens, to the Titans, backer quarterback, starting quarterback, whatever. How could anyone predict them to beat Kansas City, arguably the best team in the NFL? And again, a very ticked off uh, Kansas City team, though I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I just don't think the Broncos are going to lose at home 40 nothing. let's say. It's going to be closer than many people believe, but I can't look at y'all with a straight face and say the Broncos are going to pull off a massive upset and and, end that streak finally. We all want to see it happen, but based on the way they're playing, based on the way they're coaching, how injured they are, I'm just being real.
1: So the biggest margin, uh, pardon me, the biggest margin for losing this season, everything's been a single score, Zach, with the exception of week four against the Raiders, that was nine points, and week 12 against the Panthers, that was 13 points. So I'm inclined to agree with you that, at the very least, this is going to be a dogfight. The Broncos, though, will have to score some touchdowns if they're going to have a shot. And that's where we get back what into What are those? The, yeah, Touchdowns? Uh, Milk mm. Carton. Broncos touchdowns. MIA. Never heard of her. We shall see. David says, whoever takes over next year has to know how to get Russ to be effective. And that's why, Zach, amen, David. That is why I can promise you the Broncos have Sean Payton at the very top of their list okay what I wonder about though is can would can and would Sean Payton coexist with George Payton now he always worked with Mickey Loomis uh, going back you know to whenever he joined the, the the Saints 06 whatever it was something like that But he might be in a position where he wants the Shanahan treatment. He wants personnel control. And he's going to be in a position where look, the Saints don't even pick up the phone if Sean Payton's not telling them, pick up the phone and talk to this team. Uh, Because he's only going to go where he's retired. So it's not like the Saints can trade him somewhere he doesn't want to go. He'll just say, cool, I'm going to continue making my money with Fox Sports and et cetera." But Do you think he would and could coexist with Peyton? Because I think the peyton peyton thing actually might be a great combination.
2: You bring up a great point. The fact he coexisted in New Orleans under Mickey Loomis, and they worked pretty well together. Um, It's the same argument to be made when you talk about someone like Jim Harbaugh, who, if he would come in, would want that personnel control. And I don't think... Harbaugh at all would mix with George Payton or even Russell Wilson for that matter. I think if you bring in someone like Harbaugh, you 86, uh, George Payton as well. I think you could coexist. Um, There would be a coexisting relationship between Payton and Payton. This is going to be confusing going forward. Um, But if he has all the leverage, Sean Payton, and if he says, listen, the only way I'm accepting this job is if you fire the GM and give me that responsibility, then what do you do if you are Greg Penner? I would probably, as much as I love George, I mean, Sean Payton is the catch of a lifetime. Yeah, I am probably giving into that demand.
1: The problem is George can can he does a pretty dang good job picking the groceries, but he can't cook, so that's a problem. He can't cook. Sean Payton can cook, and it might not even be a thing where he's like, uh, "I want personnel control because I want to be the guy that makes all of the personnel." Uh, decisions it might just simply be i want final say, say exactly and i want my guy a guy i know and have worked with or whoever it might be that i trust to kind of be my gm in the same sense that john lynch is in san francisco right kyle shanahan has the final say now is he the guy grinding the tape for the draft grinding the tape for the free agent pool no but when push comes to shove the final say is kyle shanahan's even though nominally in name only John Lynch is general manager of the Niners and then we'll grab Sean.
2: It could be a case as well like what the Raiders did with the John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock setup where right. Mike Mayock was the GM on paper but it was John Gruden calling the shots and he had okay. final say and personnel control. So in an ideal world if you give me a Peyton Peyton ticket, man, I am riding the Broncos stock to the freaking moon. But if it came down to it where you got to axe George to get Sean, as tough as that would be for me as someone who's almost building the statue or was building the statue for George Payton, I'd probably have to say, listen, we gave it a good run for two years, but we got one of the best head coaches in the NFL who's probably going to fix Russell Wilson.
1: And we've had conflicting reports on what future awaits George Payton. I know which one I trust more. Jason Lock and Fora put out a piece earlier this week, citing multiple front office sources who think, He's on notice, like he's, if they fire Hackett, then Peyton's out the door with him. But then Schefter on the radio today, Adam Schefter, ESPN, the most famous and plugged-in NFL insider on the planet, said no. He's he's not going anywhere. So for what it's worth, we'll see which one of those. And look, Lock and Fora, good dude and all, but on these matters, when it's conflicting in this way, I'm going to err on the side of Schefter.
2: Who has – you know, long-standing ties to the Broncos. He had yep. a job out in Denver. So yeah, I mean, I'm taking Schefter's word for it. And it's probably the right call, Chad, if you're not going to land a coach like Harbaugh or Peyton, who would want personnel control and make that demand. I'm keeping George Peyton around his eye for scouting. Like you said, his drafting, his personnel management, you could say what you want about Russ and hack it, but otherwise I think he deserves one more chance to pick the next head coach who he would be directly tied to.
1: Deshaun. Thank you for your patience. Big dog. And thank you for the super chat. He says, "What would a better situate? What would be a better situation than, um, pardon? What would be a better situation? Dan Quinn and Brian Schottenheimer, or just Sean Payton? I think it's a it's a fair question, all right, because of Zach the history that Wilson has with both those two coaches, right? Dan Quinn, uh, Russ was on the same squad with with Quinn to open his career in Seattle, and then of course he worked with." Schottenheimer and produced some of his best seasons. Although there have been, there were rumors that they didn't get along or that Russ pushed for him to be eighty sixth. 86. Meanwhile, Sean Payton, his resume speaks for itself, Zach, but what, what's your answer for Deshaun?
2: Well, people asking about the score of the game, by the way, the Raiders are playing the Rams and the Broncos. will see uh, the Rams later this on Christmas. Actually, it's seven, nothing Raiders. I would probably take, you know, uh, Sean Payton as the head coach, because you're probably at that, point keeping zero Evero around. So if it's Dan Quinn and Schottenheimer versus Sean Payton and zero Evero, I mean, all day, every freaking day, give me the latter. I uh, it's I wouldn't be mad if it was Dan Quinn because he's a true leader of men. You know, he has the same passion as Nathaniel Hackett, but he's not afraid to get in someone's face and shoo them out. He's the antithesis of Hackett in that sense. And he would keep the defense in place and add to it, help Evero, keep Evero, whatever. He'd have to nail the OC higher though. And I'm not exactly crazy about Brian Schottenheimer, even going back to his days as the Jets OC. A lot of what you don't like about Hackett in terms of his play calling, that's been the criticism about Schottenheimer. And yeah, he has familiarity with Russ. He coaxed two big seasons out of Russ, two or three, whatever. But there are reports that they butted heads in Seattle. So would you want to bring in a coach who Russell Wilson didn't like and maybe risk repeating that same scenario. I don't know.
1: Phil, thank you for the stars. Big dog. Happy holidays. Right back at you. We appreciate your support. As you know, my friend, I uh, hope your family is doing well right now. Uh, my dog, Sam Bam jumping in with a number two, super chat on the thank night. You, Sam. saying, How much competition would the Broncos have for Sean Payton? If the chargers go 10 and seven and make the playoffs, do they move on from Brandon Staley? I doubt it. Who else could you see going after Peyton? Zach, there's rumors uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm trying to, you know, the, if they make a coaching change in Tampa Bay, there's, there's a few different uh, openings that could come up. I mean, even Houston could be an opening with Lovey, but there's no quarterback there. Wherever he goes, He's gonna he's gonna land somewhere where there's a, a, a either a young quarterback Zach who's shown some kind of a propensity like a little bit a little bit of shine to his name whether it's a couple of Pro Bowls a Kyler Murray or a Justin Herbert who's viewed as like one of the biggest wastes in the NFL because he's so damn good but the team just goes nowhere or even in Denver I would qualify Denver on that same list because a proven commodity you know when Sean Payton got uh drew Brees, breeze was a was he 2000 or 2001 either way he got him in year six okay now russ this will be year 12 if sean payton were to come here he'd get him in year 12 so he's a few more years down the road than from where he got uh drew breeze zach but drew Brees played till he was freaking 40 all right he played from 06 through 2020 for sean payton 15 seasons If Unless my math uh, skills betray me here. So that, look, I don't worry too much about that. The Broncos have, I think, even as much of a meme as Russ has become. The guys who actually know football, forget the hype, forget all this stuff. They're the ones that know better than any of us. Like a Sean Payton looking at the film, making a few phone calls to Denver. He's He knows in his heart if Russ is washed. He'll know. And that will so if he shows any interest with Denver, then you know that he he feels like Russ still can can be something.
2: Remember the scuttlebutt before the season, it was uh, the Dolphins conspiring to land Sean Payton and Tom Brady as a package deal. So maybe uh, they link up, like you said, in Tampa Bay. I don't think um, a Todd Bowles is long for that head coaching job there. Though the Chargers, to me, as not someone who covers the Broncos, someone who is a pure football fanatic, I would really like to see what Sean Payton can do to get Herbert to the next level. Because like you mentioned, they always are decent in the regular season, but they end up choking toward the end or choking, not even getting to the playoffs. He doesn't have one playoff victory, so... If it comes down to it, Herbert, and an L.A., I heard he wants to be on the West Coast. So L.A., Herbert on his rookie contract, a team that could be a head coach away from being a serious contender. Even if Brandon Staley ekes in the playoffs and goes 10-7, and if Sean Payton says to Tom Telesco, the Chargers GM, listen, I'm interested, but you got to fire Brandon Staley, that's a pink slip coming for Staley, and Sean Payton would be in there. He's also interested, uh, reportedly, in the Cardinals job, Though I'd have to figure with Mr. Call of Duty, Kyler Murray, it's a little less attractive than Herbert.
1: Deanna, thank you. Number two, super chat tonight. Throwing down. So uh, grateful. Thank you. She says, do you think Wilson having a personal quarterback coach is part of the problem? (laughs) Hashtag MHH for life. Um, You know what? Look, could be, might not be. We've questioned, uh, you know, it's funny, Zach, because – the subject of Jake Heaps, uh, the the personal coach for Russell Wilson and his involvement, whatever it might be, um, or his complicity in what's happened in this season. gets talked about all day long on Denver radio, gets talked about on all the podcasts. You write an article on it, though. My gosh, kingdom come. Um, we don't know. All we can do is it's all in inference. It's all trying to draw conclusions based on context of things happening around the situation. But, uh, I don't know. We'll know. I think Zach at the end of the season, if Russ continues to employ him, um, well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't want to say too much on this subject because this was a little bit of a, uh, firestorm yesterday.
2: Yeah, Deanna, who uh, I, one person suggested the Empress as a nickname for Deanna. So if, if you're down, then uh, we're down with that as well. Uh, if you want to check out Luke's article at the website, it's up. It's been up. It's caused a lot of uh, traction, good and bad, uh, on the interwebs and social media. I just think it's one of those things where if the Broncos were winning and Russell Wilson wasn't playing like a dumpster fire, no one would be talking about Jay Keeps, at least in a negative light. And I think blaming the personal quarterback coach is a little short-sighted when the major glaring issues are smacking you in the face. I think a bigger uh, factor for Russ is the offensive line that's giving him literally half a second to throw on every drop back. The two injuries he's playing with, the practice squad and backups to the backups that are his supporting cast – the play calling, the coaching or lack thereof, the overall vibe and atmosphere of the team. Those are all tangible reasons as to why Russell Wilson and maybe also a physical decline on a 34-year-old quarterback now who's no spring chicken, or maybe something psychologically, something mentally, his uh, exit from Seattle. Those are all legitimate contributing factors to his downward trend this year. Jake Heaps is like 15th on that list to me.
1: I think... Considering the fact, Zach, that we know that he left a job in on in Seattle on ESPN Radio, which was a part-time income. I think he made more than part-time money, but uh, and then also working part-time for Russ in Seattle to move with Russ to Denver for a full-time position. That that in and of itself combines Zach with what we know of how it's been carte blanche for Russ. I mean, they gave him his own office in the building. Um, you from what we've heard from Nathaniel Hackett, you know, co-authoring the offense and all this, I think it's fair to wonder. I think it's fair to query whether or not that involvement of that quarterback's coach uh, on a full-time basis, when you have a staff of coaches, head coach, quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, et cetera, uh, could be muddying the water. I think it's fair. All right. To, to ask that question, uh, Dave, th- thank you, bro. It's good to see you. He says, uh, can't compete, Deanna, hashtag beat the Chiefs, go Broncos. Dave, you're a stud, dude. You're a stud. We appreciate you. How about this one, Zach? I want your answer on this from KB. What percentage of a chance do you give Russ to bounce back to Pro Bowl level in the next three years? He says, I give it 60%, but it's dropping by the game.
2: Pro Bowl level, man. Going on 35 years old, which is what he'll be next season. Pro Bowl. I would settle for just league average at this point because he's like the QB 33 out of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL somehow. I don't know about Pro Bowl, but with the right guy, again, be it a Reich or a Peyton or a Schottenheimer, whoever, Daryl Bevel, you can get Russ back to being average, to being functional, passable, competent, whatever. And we've said, Chad, on this podcast for years now, not just this year, but like for four years at least, the Broncos, with their setup, with their defense and their roster overall, it'd be nice, but they don't need an all-pro quarterback. They don't necessarily need a Pro Bowl quarterback. If they had just average play under center, if they had average offensive output, 18 points a game, 19 points a game, you're going to win a lot more ball games. So I have more confidence in getting to that bar first, just league average, than I do the Pro Bowl. We'll go from there. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Put it that way.
1: I would give it a high percentage, Zach, if you hire the right coach. All right, but that remains to be seen. So once we have, once we know who's coaching this team in 2023, uh, KB, ask us that question again. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, Jeffrey on Facebook throwing down some stars. That's a newer name. Welcome, Jeffrey. Welcome. Thank you, Bud. It says any O line free agents this offseason that could come in and improve our line. We have. T- will we have to tag Draymond Jones? He doesn't seem interested. Zach, if you want to talk about where things stand with Draymond, I'll uh, pull up the 2023 O-line free agent class.
2: Yeah, based on what I've heard, the Broncos have had exploratory talks with both Draymond and Dalton Reisner. Pretty much their two biggest free agents coming up in the offseason. I don't really care about Reisner. I'd probably let him walk, but I would look to keep Draymond around if I could. Now, of course, he doesn't want the tag because – it's a one-year deal. He wants longer-term security. He wants more guaranteed money up front and not a you know pay-as-you-go pretty much uh, on the franchise tag. But then again, I've asked this question before, and I love Draymond Jones. I really do like him a lot, and I think he's a really good player. But is he in that Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, Dexter Lawrence category for def- Chris Jones for defensive lineman? I don't think he is. I think he's one tier below that. So if he's asking for Chris Jones' money, I don't know that I'm comfortable giving that to him. If he wants $100 million and I have an O-line to fix and I I need receivers and running backs and this and that, I'd probably think twice about cutting that check.
1: Here's a quick perusal of the uh, 2023 free agent class at O-line. Uh, let me make sure it did what it was supposed to do. Yep, okay. So uh, Orlando Brown leads the class according to track. Spotrack? Spotrack? Spot rack—that's such a weird name. Highly cited though, so they do their—they do the work. Uh, Orlando Brown, Zach, um, Jack Conklin, all right, as a right tackle option. Rodney Hudson, the the center, formerly of the uh, Raiders for all those years, and then the Cardinals. Uh, I'm looking here. Remember uh, Connor McGovern? Yeah, yeah. Jason Kelsey, who's got to be like 52 years old now. Uh, Justin Pugh. All right, he's getting up there. Roger Saffold. You know, there's a few names in here that are worth keeping an eye on, including Mike McGlinchey uh, as an option, potentially. Um, Anything jump out to you, though, Zach?
2: Where's uh, Elgin Jenkins from the Packers? I thought he was a free agent next year. Because that's my guy. That's probably the top guard on the open market, and you got to replace Reisner as far as I'm concerned. You need three starters on the O-line, man. You need a left guard, a center, and a right tackle. I think the right tackle you can find in the draft, um, but I'm probably looking on the free agent market. There he is, Jenkins, right there. That's my guy, man. I'm probably throwing... A considerable sum in him to take over for left guard. You have your right guard down in Quinn Miners. You need a center Jason Kelsey. I don't know that he would leave uh, his current situation. Maybe a guy you look for in the draft, but Jenkins is the one guy that comes to mind that I'm throwing a uh, consider- considerable amount of cash at.
1: Projected market value around $7 million a year. So that's chump change compared to what even Graham Glasgow was making his first two years with the Broncos. Uh, For what it's worth, White Lightning, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Seriously, appreciate that. Um, Okay, let me see where we're at. We're at 40 minutes. We got a little bit more time, gang. Um, Anything big on your mind, get it in the chat. White Lightning asks, and thank you for a second super chat. Absent injuries, what Hmm. would our record be, Zach? Hmm.
2: It's tough, man. You know, because we've seen this Broncos team before all the injuries took hold, like in week one, week two, whatever. Uh, then again, we didn't see this Broncos team with Tim Patrick, for example. And I still think the Patrick injury was a huge blow to the Broncos offense. But man, it comes more down to quarterback play and coaching. They would be better because you, you're missing linemen, you're missing receivers, you're missing a, a pretty much at least one player from every level of the offense. They're three and nine right now. I would wager maybe five and seven, six and six in that range.
1: That's what I was going to say. I would say, at best, this team would be two wins better than what it is now because it's convenient and easy to point to the injuries, and it is frustrating, and I know fans are absolutely out of their minds, sick of this. Uh, This is the year that takes the cake when it comes to the injury bug, but I'm telling you right now, it's not the primary culprit for why the Broncos are where they're at. The Primary culprit, it starts at the very top, okay, you picked the wrong head coach. You have an incompetent uh, coach who is managing the whole team, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, on the day-to-day, made one good hire, a Evero, that is the team's saving grace right now, and that trickles downhill because you hired the wrong head coach, arguably the worst possible head coach to pair with Russell Wilson, but that was reversed, right? They had to hire a coach before Russell Wilson was even an option for him. But I'm digressing here. That's why Russ and then Russ regression. So the three culprits in order, it goes coaching Wilson and his regression, then the injuries. So I, I think maybe two wins. I think it helps you by about two wins. The biggest thing you have to overcome is the coaching snafus, the lack of innovation, uh, the lack of presence of mind to recognize what's going on with Wilson, how to scheme him back into the saddle, so to speak, Interesting question, though, White Lightning.
2: And I think one thing snowballs into the other. I think the coaching has directly led to Russ's regression. Not to put it all on Hackett or take um, all the blame away from Russ. I mean, he deserves to be blamed because he was given a massive contract. The Broncos gave up a lot of draft picks for him and players. But I think if you had a better head coach, in even in year one, even with the injuries, you'd, you'd have a better record. It's the fact that Hackett was so historically bad. We're talking about arguably the second – Worst head coaching hire maybe ever in NFL history behind Urban Meyer. That's really the level that Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos have sunk to. So that's why I'm saying I'm a lot more confident in Russ regaining some sort of adequate level play under a different coach than I am Hackett turning it around, even without injury, still fielding a winning product.
1: Uh, Kyle says, and thank you, bud, be patient. Peyton will have a plan for the 2023 draft. We shall see, my friend. What, thank another you for edge that.
2: rusher or tight end? Yeah. To ignore the O-line? That's Peyton's plan. But no, I'm kidding.
1: Speaking of O-line, Sam Bam, thank you, bro. Number three tonight saying, what about Juwan James with a <sighs> slappy face? Just kidding, he says. Cushion. Let's move on now. Go Broncos. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, Deanna, holy smokes, throwing down. Lady says, D, that's perfect. Lady D, I do like that. That, that, that rolls off the tongue. That's good. Lady D in the house with super chat. Number three, she says, I'll go with whatever name you two come up with. I trust you. <laughs> MHH for life. What say you guys? That sounds good to me. Lady D. I like that. I like that, Zach.
2: And thank you so much, Deanna. I mean, your generosity is incredible.
1: Thank you again. Love you. Uh, Savage boy, Kev. We always try to get to at least one Twitch comment or question on each show. Asks, aren't you guys frustrated that Josh McDaniels has a better record than our Broncos? I mean, it's, it's just another indignity to be suffered. Um, but after he swept the Broncos, it's like, who cares, dude? That was the worst of it. Josh McDaniels came back as a head coach of the Raiders and swept the Broncos. End of story. I mean, again, coaching staff, goodbye. Peyton, thin Ice, Russ, we're changing crap up. It's going to be different sheriff in town uh, that can whip things into shape next year because all of the factors are just ridiculously off kilter, embarrassing. It's bad.
2: Yeah, I think the worst indignity you mentioned the sweep that was bad, but the fact that the first Raiders' victory over the Broncos saved McDaniel's job. And maybe even the sweep as well saved him from getting fired. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about what he's doing over there uh, in Vegas. I, I think a, a bigger part of the resurgence is the fact that some of their players are underrated in Broncos country and in the NFL landscape. Derek Carr is a much much better quarterback than he's given credit for. Devonte Adams is playing ridiculous even without Aaron Rodgers and Josh Jacobs. Man, the guy can win the rushing crown this year. You put all that together, and even without Darren Waller, even without Hunter Renfro, they have a very explosive offense, and uh, it is what it is. And probably the best defensive player in the NFL right now, Max Crosby. Just saying.
1: Ashish. Ashish. Thank you, bud. This head coach and quarterback are not made for this team. No emotion at all. Did you guys see Derek Carr frustrated and cry at a press conference weeks ago? And Hackett keeps saying, that we are doing some good things and he's happy with guys stepping up. Maybe he forgets how many games his team has won lately and, and points scored. Um, yeah, we saw that from Derek Carr. I mean, he cares about what's going on. If he would have done that on the bench at Mile High Stadium, like Paxton Lynch did, crying on the sidelines in the black hole, then he would lose some points, all right? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a bad fit, dude. Say what you will about what – talent and ability remains within Russell Wilson. The worst possible head coach that you could have hired in that cycle, that was the names at the forefront you hired. And you know what? It's unfortunate, Zach, because it's not like George Payton landed Russ and then got to go hire a head coach. It was the other way around. Hired a head coach and then had the opportunity to get Russ. But that head coach that you hired, I mean, this is the guy everyone this was the forefront guy that everyone wanted, Zach, as far as the offensive minded. Last at the table guys were Mike McDaniel, oddly enough, who's crushing it in Miami. And even Kevin O'Connell, I think, Zach, took a, set, a back seat in terms of, at least based on my media contacts and people I've talked to, most of the demand, all right, was toward Nathaniel Hackett. All right. And when he went with Denver, Then the other dominoes fell, and then Minnesota hired O'Connell, and Miami hired McDaniel, and the other hirings fell into place. But it just ended up being a very, very bad combination. Nathaniel Hackett for the team, period, but especially as it relates to how Russell Wilson can play it to his best.
2: Well, here's why it was so bad, and here's the elephant in the room. The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett to woo another quarterback, and it wasn't Russell Wilson. They wanted Aaron Rodgers. That's why they hired his former crony in Green Bay. They thought they could lure him away from the Packers. And when that didn't happen, they pivoted to plan B, which was Russell Wilson. And failing that even, they tried to make Russell Wilson into Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, exactly, Alec. Alec. That's exactly what they did. And they tried to make the Broncos offense, not the Seahawks offense, which was successful, For Russ, They try to make it into the Green Bay offense, which is predicated on long developing routes, precision timing with his receivers and the quarterback, and also the O-line holding up for longer than necessary. The Broncos have none of that, and they went away from what Russ does best or did best in Seattle to try to, I guess, overcompensate for not getting A-Rod, but you're right, Alec. That's exactly why they hired Hackett, and we pretty much should have known then. When the A Rod thing fell through, that this marriage was forced—it was an arranged marriage, Chad. And how often in real life do those things work out? Not very often.
1: Back in the day, before the world had technology, you know, I guess it worked out because people didn't know any better. Um, by the way, I'm seeing uh, Big T Travis Weber in the chat. Just wanted to give him a shout out. It's Good to see you, Big Dog. Um, guys, we're out of time. I mean, we could, if you want, we can go through the uh, head to head,
2: but honestly, (laughs) why,
1: (laughs) why torture, why torture yourself? Do you really want to compare the 27th ranked yards per game offense against the first ranked (laughs) Do you really want to, to, to do that? I mean, from a scoring perspective here alone, I'll give you a little spoiler. All right. From a scoring perspective alone, uh, the Broncos are the worst. The chiefs are the best Broncos score 13.8 points per game. Guess how much the chiefs score? 29.2 we ran out of reason to do unfortunately it's not because it's not that we're not gonna break down the game and what happens and all that stuff yes absolutely but why why brutalize ourselves um whoops I clicked on the wrong uh any more than we absolutely have to Zach
2: it's also Andy Reid versus Nathaniel Hackett I mean Stories over, period, point blank. That's the major disadvantage. That's the major head to head you need to know for this game. I don't like the Broncos odds. I'm with Chad. I mean, we'll have the roundtable article coming out tomorrow, as every week we do on Fridays, but I can't look at you guys and predict a Broncos upset until they give me any reason to think they can even score a touchdown. I'm not picking them to win many games uh, from here on out.
1: I mean, for crying out loud, Mahomes. Has 3,800 passing yards. Wilson has 2,500. Okay. Um, It's just depressing to look at the comparisons. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that to you guys. All right.
2: It's JV versus varsity. I mean, why even
1: get into it? Garth Knight. Yo, good to see you, brother. Pardon me. Thank you for the super chat. He says, we need Jim Harbaugh, gentlemen. He runs hot, like Scott says, but he has passion and intelligence for this game. He's wasting time and minor league ball well look i would actually be very very uh keen on jim harbaugh as a target if he wanted to come back to the league uh but he's making more money where he's at than he could probably make even with the broncos job Uh, i think he's up there in terms of wish list for me mainly because zach he's that passion guy but he's also that drop the hammer guy you know he's like a good mix of He's like if if Vic Fangio, Gus Bradley, uh, Dan Quinn, and John Harbaugh had a baby, it would be Jim Harbaugh. That was a really bad metaphor, but no, sign him get, up. You get my point here. I like the idea, but I wouldn't get your hopes up too much because dude's making hand over fist dollar dollar bills, uh, coaching his alma mater. Dude, like I just don't see him wanting to come back.
2: Yeah, he's also unequivocally stated that he will be back uh, with the Wolverines in 2023. I mean, take that for what it's worth. But he's a huge fish in a small pond right now. And would he want to become a small fish in a bigger pond in Denver? And not only that, come to Denver and clean up a mess left behind by his predecessor, stuck with a 35-year-old soon-to-be next-November quarterback that, again, he had no hand... In choosing, I would love Harbaugh, him and Payton. I'd pretty much be willing to write a blank check for because they need that a little bit more of a disciplinarian, a guy who's going to step on some necks and hold people accountable. But A, you'd have to fire George Payton because he would demand for sure personnel control. And B, would Jim Harbaugh and Russell Wilson get along? I mean, would there be any power or personality conflict? I don't think Russ would respond to that type of coach. But that's just from what I've seen out of Russ this season. I don't, you know, I can't speak
1: historically on it. You know what's interesting? Doing just a quick cursory research reminder, refresher on Jim Harbaugh. So in 95 with the Colts, uh, three years before Peyton was drafted, well, force yeah, three years before Peyton was drafted, uh, the Colts went seven and five. He passed for 2,500 yards, did Jim Har- Harbaugh, with 17 touchdowns to five picks and that was then good enough for comeback player of the year honors because he had suffered a, a some injury the year before or whatever. Flash forward half a decade after that, and that's like chump change. Peyton Manning changed the game, dude, in terms of the meaning of statistical production and how it relates to quarterbacks. But Jim Harbaugh, I like the idea. I think you could – bring something to the table offensively. If you think back to those Niners teams that were quarterbacked by Alex Smith and then later Colin Kaepernick, uh, but don't get your hopes up.
2: Well, let me just say one final point as it relates to the Broncos, you know, coaching, ideal coaching candidate. They don't necessarily need a raw raw guy in the vein of Dan Quinn. They don't necessarily need a screamer or disciplinarian in the mold of Jim Harbaugh. They just need someone who knows what they're doing. They need someone who's going to be a leader, a coach of the entire team, preferably with an offensive background, but even not, they can hire the right guy with the offensive background to get the most out of Russell Wilson. They just need a true coach, a competent coach who knows what he's doing and has a feel for what he's doing. If they nail that higher, they're going to be in a much better position than they are now. Not saying much, but that's where we have to look at.
1: Um, by the way, guys, before we sign off for this evening, got to remind you, go follow us, the new MHH channel on TikTok. We uh, we have some huge plans for that. I just put the link in the chat. Go give us a sub, a follow over there, and uh, help us grow that once we get it to even modest scale. We have some really cool, unique individual plans for what we're going to be doing. On with our tiktok content so smash that link guys it's in the chat and go follow the account but we're going to sign off for tonight
2: yeah that was the mile high huddle podcast thank you all for tuning in with us interacting with us on this thursday evening getting you guys ready for the broncos week 14 matchup against the kansas city chiefs which should be a fun one. I can just see it now. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter if you're not already at the MHH Pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and even though he's not here, follow Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, I'm not rocking any. I'm a, being a bad co-host tonight, but Chad is rocking that with gusto. Go to HuddleUpPod.com if you want what Chad's wearing. Anything we have in our inventory check it out on the website and facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page and you go to Apple podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that sweet, sweet merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, you usually ticking below you, or I'll tell you now, if you're listening on an audio only version, be sure you're subscribing, liking, and sharing this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: By the way, Patrick, thank you for the stars, Big Dog. Yeah, we'd like some coffee. Shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We can tell you where to send it, Big Dog. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Keep your chin up because we're we're on the home stretch. Who knows? Maybe the Broncos shock the world and bring something formidable to the table against the Chiefs. Nobody's, uh, you know, betting their mortgage on that. That's for show. And all these rumors, what's going to happen with Russ? What's going to happen with George Payton? What's going to happen with the coaching situation? What about Champagne? Man, we're going to be here to break down every possible angle surrounding each and every one of those topics as this uh, 2022 campaign comes to a close. And we're looking forward to doing that alongside each and every one of you. So thank you for being with us tonight. Those of you listening after the fact, we love you too. Much love and respect.
2: Yeah, this is a new low for me personally, Chad, watching the Raiders score touchdowns, forcing turnovers. I mean, dilly-dilly pit of misery. But we're off (laughs) until Sunday. We will have the gut reaction for the Broncos-Chiefs game. Have a great start to your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?